And now the super genius, Mark Madden. They're going to nail us no matter what we do, so we might as well have a good time. Toga, toga. The X at 105.9. This hour of the Mark Madden Show brought to you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner since... 1956. Tim Ben's in for Mark today. Here are your injury reports from both sides. Uh, let's start with the Patriots because there's a crescendo I have to build to here for the Steelers. Uh, I'm going to give credit here to Jeff Howe from the Boston Herald. That's where I saw this online. Uh, he writes, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski were present today for the walkthrough. Brady sat out the last three Wednesdays, but he's there today. Alan Branch, knee absent. Kyle Van Oy, calf there, but only appears to be watching. All right, so there's your Patriots injury report. Here is your Steelers injury report. Vance McDonald's shoulder did not practice. Tyler Matakevich's shoulder was limited. Stefan Tuitt was sick, so he didn't participate. Cody Sensabaugh has a shoulder problem. We're made aware of that during Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday. Uh, he did not participate. Martavis Bryant parentheses, not injury-related, parentheses. Oh, no. Just, I, I can only guess. Are they, are they just tired of saying that he's sick? Did, did they just run out of Z-Packs to give him? I mean, the speculation will just continue to go. And I, I'm sorry if it's something significant, if it's something not football-related, and it's something real, then okay, but... You know, he sort of set himself up for the oh-no reaction, hasn't he? Especially this week. Because, I mean, I've got a column ready to go about it for the trip. I've got a segment ready to go about it tonight when we give away tickets for Steelers and Patriots at the South Park Clubhouse. In fact, I've got a segment ready to go on it. I, I talked to Belichick about it. For Even Bill Belichick, of all people, gave me a good answer about the potential impact of Martavis Bryant and Juju Smith-Schuster and what it could mean for the Steelers' offense against the Patriots' defense. And always, whenever you see something not football-related with Martavis, don't you go, oh, no. What now? And I'm sorry for being a cynic, but it's, it's, I've, he's earned that. And maybe it'll be nothing. But that's the first thing I thought is, what now? I wasn't there today. I didn't see him in the early locker room. Obviously, I'm doing the show today. I'm just reading from Joe Rudder's injury report here. He tweeted it out from the Trib. There you go. So we'll try to find out what's going on. 412 333 9939. I, I hope it's nothing serious, like off the field with a family member or anything like that. If it is, then hopefully he's okay and he comes back. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I'm not kidding. Like maybe he went to go visit Shazier at the hospital or something like that. But it's just every time there, one of these things pops up in the injury report with him where it's an illness, especially after what happened that one time where he, you know, ended up getting suspended and they just said it was an illness, that sort of creates doubt, does it not? Don't you have the right to kind of react that way and wonder, okay, where are we going with this next? Uh, but the topic at hand before I went to break was this coaching thing with uh, this this new website, right? It's something that Adam Schefter tweeted out. It's called Head Coach Ranking. And they got Mike Tomlin rated with a 6.9, I assume, out of 10. Uh, Bill Belichick is an 8. He's number 1. And Tomlin is tied for 10th with Harbaugh, Shanahan, Quinn, and... Anthony Lynn, and a tenth of a point in front of Bill O'Brien and Todd Bowles. I mean, come on. I'll criticize Tomlin like everybody else, but give me a break. Like, 
Andy Reid at 7.3. Jay Gruden at 7.2. Doug Marone at 7.1. Bradshaw kicking up the whole cheerleader guy thing. I'm all for Tomlin bashing when it happens, when it's warranted, when he deserves it. You know, I'm for criticizing him for how he handled the fourth quarter. Sorry, not the fourth quarter, the last drive. The last drive against Baltimore. You know, he, he deserves some criticism there. But honestly, to have him that low, too much. Too much of an overreaction. Cooley's calling from his car. Hi, Cooley, go ahead. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, Tim, you know, there's only one coach on that list that I would take over Tomlin. It's a dark lord himself, Bill Belichick. Uh, this season in particular has shown me what kind of leader Tomlin really is. Week to week, there seems to be an incident that could probably throw an average team off the rails. Martavis, Ben retiring, the A.B. Waterjug incident, National Anthem, Shazier. I think this year should really solidify to me what kind of leader he is, regardless of the outcome of the playoffs this year. Plus, look at how good of a job he's done keeping everybody else from getting ill when Martavis gets sick every week. Matt's calling from the South Hills. Hi, Matt. Hey, hey, Tim. Uh, just wanted to say I know it's been a while. It's great to have your voice back in Pittsburgh sports. Thank you. Um, but uh, I'm not one to ever do this, I, I swear. I, uh, but I have to believe that, that a lot of... Uh, of uh, the backlash she gets is, is based on race. Um, and I, I swear I'm not that type of person to pull the race card, but uh, there are two legitimate complaints as far as I can see about Tomlin. His use of the, you know, his clock management and his use of, of, of uh, challenges. I think both of those are legitimate complaints because they can be improved upon. He needs to study film like his players do in the offseason and get better at it. And but in terms of uh, being a leader, Matt, I, I got I appreciate the call. I got to get to all your points here before we get to break. Uh, point number one about race: yes, it does play a role. I think in some of the reaction, particularly on sports talk radio, which is largely a uh, white male dominated listening group, and a lot of whom did not like the fact. Uh, too large of a portion. How about that? Not a lot. Too large of a portion. Uh, just assume that the hire was based 100% solely on the Rooney rule. So they think race played a factor in why he was hired, so they could be critical of him from a racial point of view. And that should have been divergent a long time ago. All right, so that's number one on your first point. Uh, number two on your second point, I think one thing why Tomlin challenges as often as he does, and I think it's kind of a flaw in the system as much as anything else, is he's on the competition committee, so he thinks he knows the rules pretty well. I don't know if he sees the rules the same way that the refs do. and That might not be all Tomlin's fault. And the other point about clock management, no, he's not a great clock manager. Andy Reid has been chronicled by every website that follows football up one end and down the other as the single worst clock manager, not just currently in the game, in the history of the National Football League. And he's usually deemed to be in front of Tomlin in all these polls. And honestly, if you look at what this little head coach ranking thing does, how they break down the coaches, they've got Tomlin, his highest attribute is clock management. Yeah, I'm really confused, too. 412-333-9939. We'll continue talking football throughout the course of this hour. Oh, i got to get to that baseball point about uh, Neil Huntington and his hockey comparison with Sidney Crosby. We'll do that before the top of the hour, and we'll hear from Mike Rupp as well. Golden Knights and Pens right here on The X tomorrow at 10 p.m. This is The X. This is Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Tim Benson for Mark Madden today on 105.9 The X. And Mike Rupp joins us right now. NHL analyst for NHL Network and AT&T Sports Network. Brought to us by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new McCann. Mike, good to talk to you again. How you been? I've been well. How you been, Tim? 
Good, Mike. Uh, before we get into hockey talk, now, you are from Cleveland. Does that make you a Browns fan? It does. <laughs> Do you have faith in the latest, greatest move by management, which was to let go of Kenny Britt and just give him to the Patriots right before Steeler Week? I have faith, personally, that he'll have three touchdowns on Sunday. How about you? <laughs> hey, you know what? If you can't win on the field, you gotta you got to get some kind of moral victory, right? So try to stack up uh, the odds against the Steelers, I think, is, uh, you know, for... For Cleveland, that's a, that's a winning season right there. Mike, do you have faith? I mean, like as a Browns fan, do you have faith, or have you just like given up and you almost take comic relief in it? Um, I'd say probably the latter. I, I, <laughs> I, listen, I'm the first one to – I mean, I'm always going to be a Browns fan. I'll always – it almost becomes like uh, – man, I you know what one of my favorite things is, is to, to be uh, – checking around the internet for some of the, the spoof videos the Brown fans make. And one of the best ones I've ever seen uh, was uh, this fan kind of poking fun at one of the many timeline events of Jones' decisions. And it's like he said, it's like they're playing a different sport. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just find it, you know, I laugh at it, but I'm still holding out. I'm holding out. I'm, I'm hoping that someday, someday before, uh, before uh, all my days are numbered on this earth, I get to see them at least competing and uh, being in the playoffs and hopefully uh, a Super Bowl someday. You should be like a parade master for the 0-16 parade, sponsored by Excedrin, <laughs> by the way. I don't know if you heard about that, but a headache company, a headache medicine company, is sponsoring the parade, which I think is just a, a stroke of marketing genius. It is. I mean, that's that's incredible. They, they it, At this rate, I almost want them to just be 0-16. I mean, oh, what yeah. is there? I mean, I, I, I mean I, there's no – I mean, if, if, if they win – who cares at this point, really? So, uh, hey, you know what? Just hoping that uh, someday they'll they'll turn it around, but I don't know if that's coming anytime soon. Well, uh, to the point about the Penguins, Mike, as we steer it to hockey here, the Steelers, well, uh, they get the Browns in their first expansion season. The Browns look like a terrible expansion team still to this day, whereas the Penguins get the Golden Knights uh, tomorrow night here on the X, and the Knights look like anything but. I mean, they look like a legitimate playoff contender right now. How have they gotten so good so fast, in your opinion? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I drug Gallant, the head coach. I had him in Columbus, and um, I enjoyed him. He's a, uh, I think it's a really dangerous term to be called as a, a players coach because I think that that means that uh, you let the players kind of dictate things and, and that's not him he holds everybody accountable but he is a players coach to some degree and guys and the way I uh, what I mean by that is you play for him and you'll go through a wall for him and and he uh, um, has these guys working their tail off they don't get outworked they don't get outworked really in any of their games so they give themselves a chance to win um, on that on that alone and and let's not forget and I, I know that this is very common knowledge that these are all the expendable players from other places. And those guys have chips on their shoulders and they, and they want to, a lot of them are, some of them are pending UFA. Some of them are trying to reclaim their careers. Some of them are just trying to make a name for themselves as an, uh, a full-time NHLer. And I mean, look at William Carlson for that matter. He, he's a guy that John Tortorella and company in Columbus felt okay with losing and, seems to be on a mission this year and he uh that that entire team they just have this lunch pail mentality where it, it's not a fluky thing where they're at right now i think this team with that in that division certainly has a chance 
of making the playoffs. I think you'll see the market be corrected a little bit on them, but they're going to be in the hunt all year long, and it's not they're not going to just fall off because they got that work ethic thing down pat. I'm expecting a weird kind of game tomorrow between these two teams. I just think that that whole flurry versus Murray with both goaltenders barely coming back, that that's going to make it odd. And I don't know how. I just feel like it's going to be a weird game tomorrow night. Am I thinking too much about it, or do you have that sense too? I could see that. I could see that. I mean, you got both both goalies dealing with a little bit of rust here, and um, you know that the, all the hype and all the attention is going to be is going to be focused on them. And um, I think that we automatically assume that hey, both these guys are going to be on top of their game, and you know it's going to be tough to to buy a goal uh, tomorrow in the game. But I, I I don't know. I could see it totally going the other way. I could see both goalies, to be honest. Didn't work pretty good. I mean, that, that Vegas team can score goals. We know the Penguins team um, can definitely score goals as well. Maybe not at the clip they want to be this year, but it's a dangerous lineup. So uh, I expect a high-scoring game nonetheless. Uh, I think it will be really weird to watch Marc-Andre Fleury against them, though. I think it's something that certainly I'm going to be tuned in for. I think a lot of people that aren't even fans of of the Penguins or uh, – it's just weird to see him in another uniform going against – the organization that you just think about, Mark Andre Fleury and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mike Rupp is joining us here on the Mark Madden Show. Tim Ben's in for Mark today. Auto Palace Porsche giving you Mike's appearance here on 105.9 The X. You're home for the Pens with Vegas and Pittsburgh tomorrow night at 10 o'clock here on The X. You know, Mike, um, when you're a member of a team for a long time and you build up relationships, then you go somewhere else. You know, I've always noticed even guys who have the reputation of being an agitator or a fighter or just a crap disturber, when they've come back and played the Penguins, they aren't as usually uh, directed in that way. Like, you know, I didn't see Chris Kunitz going crazy in front of the net in front of Matt Murray like for instance do you see Patrick Hornquist trying to screw with Mark Andre Fleury's head in the crease tomorrow night <laughs> I don't think that guy knows any different so I would expect I would I would expect Horny to be up in his grill the whole the whole night long and uh but yeah you know what it's really interesting because when I was playing that was one of the one of the struggles and I played for um you know three teams in what is now the Metro and in New Jersey Pittsburgh and New York Rangers and um that was the hardest thing for me in the way that I had to play is I, I felt like when you went for, when I went from New Jersey to Pittsburgh and then from Pittsburgh to New York, I, I had to almost, it was probably me getting in my own head, but I felt like I had to let the guys know on my current team that, Hey, listen, it's business as usual. I, I'm not letting friendships, uh, uh, you almost have to earn their trust to a degree. I'm with and, you guys uh, now. I'm I'm on your side now, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I felt like that a, a, a lot when I went to New York Rangers when I would go against New Jersey Devils. I had a lot of close friends on that team. I remember having a conversation with Zach Parisi before we played them and said, "Hey, bud, I love you. You're we're like brothers, but if you better have your head up." And I, I told him, "I'm like, because I if, if I can't, I will not turn away from a hit." Um, if it's there and he, you know, he laughed at it and, uh, we, we had a, a good laugh and, uh, about it, but he knew. And, uh, you know, I, listen, everyone's going to say the right things, but Mark Andre Fleury wants to 100% stick it to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And on the other, on the other note, I'm sure Matt Murray wants to make sure he, his, uh, the, his presence is felt and, and the guys are want to light up flower. That's just the, that's a nature, the competitive nature. We, the, it's a competition, and there's bets being put on the line for throwing tape balls and garbages in the locker room. Are you kidding me? These guys, even though they love them, 
And we all love Marc-Andre Fleury. These guys want to light him up, too. And uh, he wants to shut them out, so it should be fun. Hey, Mike, what did you think of uh, Tristan Jari's performance while Matt Murray was injured? I found it. I, you know, the thing about Tristan Jari, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, I actually was just, <laughs> I was just at the Verizon store up in Erie, and the guy was asking me the same question that works there. And, and the thing with Tristan Jari is he, he is very, he makes some miraculous saves. Some saves that you can tell where his talent level is. But I also think that we've been very spoiled with, with Matt Murray and what we've seen. And, and, and Tristan Jari, and, and I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but every game you have with Tristan Jari, you realize that he's a young goalie. And I mean that he'll usually have one mishap, one slip-up, or it's maybe just inexperience. And that happens with every goalie. I just think that Matt Murray was a very unique goalie in that facet that he just didn't seem to have those slip-ups. Um, but I think he's going to be a great goalie. Uh, he made some incredible saves on a regular basis. It's just the, the time and the more experience he gets, I think that those kind of mishaps, the mental lapses in games will be weeded out. But uh, I thought he was very good. Mike, I was disappointed in the homestand for the Penguins. I expected more, particularly those last two games against Toronto and Colorado. Uh, they were fine the last two periods against the Leafs. I just hated the fact that they barely gave themselves a chance to win that game based on how slow their start was. And then that game against the Avalanche, in a lot of ways, they did enough to win. Just just finish against a, a below-average team. Uh, I was frustrated with those last six periods of hockey. Yeah, I think so. And, and I, you know, I, I think it's just, you have that homestand, and, and um, you expect better. You expect a team that, um, I don't know, I just feel like in, in the last little while here, I mean, coming into the season, and especially when Matt Murray starts, um, this team has been pretty dominant at home. And, you know, as players, you always want to protect that, and you want to keep it good. And things fallen, have fallen off a little bit. Obviously, Matt Murray was, was not in the net, but the team just didn't seem to have that urgency. So I think that's the biggest thing is, um, yeah, listen, I know it's still around, you know, game 30, but uh, these are meaningful. And the way that division is, uh, I expect this team to, at some point here, turn a corner and uh, really start to look on, uh, consistent and, and look to be that cream of the crop team. And I don't think we've seen it. I still consider them to be that, but uh yeah, I, I think they left you wanting a little bit more against some teams that uh, I felt like this uh, this Penn's team should have definitely gotten two points. All right, finally, Mike, before we say goodbye here, give me an opinion on the rumor surrounding Mac Cullen potentially returning back to Pittsburgh. He had been scratched a little bit uh, healthy in Minnesota. He did score uh, Tuesday against Calgary. Uh, I noticed that, but um, how much have you seen of him? Does he look like he's a guy who's deserving to be scratched anyway? And you know, is that an answer to try to revisit that again already here in Pittsburgh? You know what? Here's my here's my take on it. And I was working on NHL Network when I saw him get scratched the other day. And um, no, I don't think he deserved to be scratched. Does that mean that his game is exactly where it should be? No, but I also think that it's a bit of a miscast with how Minnesota's using him. Um, we've seen him the last number of years in Pittsburgh. When need be, he's bounced up and down the lineup from lines two to four. He's killed penalties on a regular basis and all of a sudden now he goes to Minnesota Wild Team and he's slotted in to be a 
solely be a fourth line guy and he's not even killing penalties regularly. So I don't know what's going on there. I think the guy has way more to offer and I think that he deserves way better on his maybe last hurrah in the NHL. So with that being said, I can't imagine him being happy and, and want to go out that way. I, I'd love to see him back in Pittsburgh. Uh, there's a there's a need there. There's a familiarity there. There's a there's a su- successful track record there. Um, me personally, in a perfect world, I'd love for him to come back and uh, hey, listen, go out go out with a bang and and, and win three cups in a row. And and uh, but I, I just don't like the way things are there. Here's my thing: a team like Minnesota that is fragile there. They've got the, the wobbly wheels going, and it seems like they have that going a lot of times in, in recent memory in, in the regular season. They need stability. Matt Cohen is stability, and you're going to scratch him. Uh, that guy wouldn't come out of my lineup if I'm the Wild. So we'll see what happens. We'll stay tuned. Um, but I'd love to see him back in the black and gold. Rupper, thanks. Appreciate the time. Will we see you at Heinz Field for the potential of 0 for 16 for the Browns? <laughs> Maybe, maybe I might have to. I have to break out the Steelers jersey for that one. I want to. Hey, you got you got to get some claim to fame. We'll take the 0-16 at this point. Rupert, do the terrible towel wave. I will. Uh, I you will. know what? Uh, Things are sewn up for the Steelers by that point. You can take some snaps for Landry Jones for crying out loud in the third quarter right. or something. You know what? There's one thing that will always stay true to, with me though is I cannot stand the Patriots or New England sports for that matter. <laughs> so. I'm I'm all Steelers from here on out. I want to see these guys. Uh, I want to see these guys over the Patriots any day of the week. The Patriots uniting Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Rupper, thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks, Benzie. All right, that is Mike Rupp of the NHL Network. Tim Benz with you in for Mark Madden. Don't forget Knights and uh, Penguins tomorrow night here at ten o'clock. Uh, Bob joins me next. Uh, we have got to talk about the return of a Pittsburgh legend to the television airwaves. We'll give you that. No, Sally Wigan isn't coming back already. I heard she might have a deal in the works with the Playboy Channel, but that's not official yet. We'll talk about that further. But the return of a legend to the Pittsburgh Airwaves, and uh, we got to get this Huntington P- Pirates-Penguins analogy he made as well. We'll do that, too. Tim Benz, in for Mark here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You're kidding me. That's ridiculous. You know what? I'm going to skip right to my original thought and just say this is stupid, you're stupid, thanks for calling. The X at 105.9. Bob McLaughlin joins me right now. Tim Benson for Mark Madden. Brought to you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner since 1956. Bob, Penguin lines today. Crosby between Simone Gensel. Simone and Gensel. By the way, Simone, Simon, Simone, <laughs> Cherry, <laughs> Sherry, what do we say? I believe it's Simone. Okay, The Wilkesbury Scranton guys say Simone. They've got the most practice with it, so let's go with that. Uh, Malkin between Kessel and Hornquist. Shea in between Rust and Sherry, because when you think third-line grinding winger, you think Connor Sherry. <laughs> Archibald Rowney and then Reeves or Kunakel. If you add those two together, you might get a full line shift out of them or a full time on ice worth looking at in the box score. Uh, Mark Madden responded to that tweet by saying, Hornquist on left, Simone on right. Why not just pick lines of a hat? I think we're almost there. How about you? Yeah, I saw that right away, and I thought, oh, there's somebody who's not happy with it. But you know what? I'll still uh, defer to Mike Sullivan. It looks like he knows what he's doing. Maybe there's just something they're looking at specifically. He wants to see how it works out. Maybe give him a little time with it tomorrow and then go back to the regular lines. But um, (laughs) 
look, they're not doing the greatest this season, but I still think they're doing okay. They'll be in a good position when it becomes necessary. Back in March, April, you know what we mean. Bob, if we contributed anything to the great city of Pittsburgh during our eight years of doing the X Morning Show, well, it was two things. Dumb Dumber and Dumberest, where we compiled the five dumbest phone calls of the week, and rarely did we have a problem doing that. And Are You Smarter Than? Which is a ripoff of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. But, but we did it better. That, that was basically just an excuse to bring in hot girls every week. One of them is now back on the Pittsburgh airwaves permanently. And that's Desi Mitchison, Kiski product and SI digital swimsuit model. Also the face of Caesar's Palace. Also Takate Ring Girl. Takate Ring Girl. And now on the amazing race on CBS. Unbelievable. I've never, ever, ever watched that show I may need to just to see how our media skills transferred over to Desi because really coming out of Pittsburgh, she didn't have any other tools that she could bank on. (laughs) She had nothing going for her. If it wasn't for us catapulting her into the ease of the media and her comfort with the media, God, Tim, she'd still be doing hair out there in the back alleys. And her partner is Kayla Fitzgerald or Fitzsimmons. What's her name? Doesn't matter. Fitz something. (laughs) They call themselves Team Mitch Fitz. Miss, I got. I see what they and they did giggle there. a lot about who's hotter. No, yeah. you're the better model. No, you are. <laughs> it's like Chip and Dale, the two chipmunks there. No, no, you look better in that suit that doesn't have a top to it. Oh, uh, yeah, and um, it's on CBS. What night? I don't even. I have to set my DVR I, for it. I January third. I know it starts January third. Hey Siri, when's that show on? <laughs> when's Desi on? Right. What? You don't know that? <laughs> All right, so congratulations to Desi. I don't know what she wins, um, but I do think she has a distinct advantage. Seeing as how, like, you have to cross oceans and stuff, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. Various bodies of water when it comes, like, they wind up in Iceland. They start in New York. She's dating a yacht captain. (laughs) Don't you think she has a distinct advantage here? She's dating whomever she wants. She has lots of distinct advantages. Uh, Bob, before we go to break here, we've got a 30-second break before we start the 5 o'clock hour. I've got to run this by you. Neil Huntington said at Pirate Fest this year, he tried to give his team credit because Andrew McCutcheon takes up more of the team's payroll than Sidney Crosby does. Yes. First of all, I thought we weren't allowed to make references to the Penguins because they've got a salary cap. So what, now we can when it better fits your argument? Secondly, okay, fair enough. Who's Gino then? (laughs) Who was Marc-Andre Fleury or Chris Letang for all those years? Who's Patrick Hornquist? Who's the guy that you trade for at the deadline that you acquire like Bill Guerin or Chris Kunitz or Marion Hossa? Because uh, I can play that game. You want to play that game? I'll play that game. If you're going to play that game and compare it to the cap sport, I'll do that. Show me who those guys are then. Right. See, I'm not even going to get into it that deep, Tim, because I know the Pirates Fest every single year. There should be a place on the calendar, like on the menu, at Saturday at 1 o'clock. Join Pirates Team Management when they say something that everybody will take a week to dissect and will keep you away from what's actually happening, which is nothing down at the winter meetings. Right, like, come on, who wants to be the Kansas City Royals? (laughs) What have they done? Pshaw! 30 seconds that we come back. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. Plus, uh, Neil had some other things to say that are worthy of talking about. The future of Andrew McCutcheon. And we got to get back into Patriots versus Steelers on Sunday. Uh, in fact, we'll do that in 30 seconds here on 105.9 The X.